What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host Rob Goldberger, and we're in that weird week that happens every year, the week of the Pro Bowl in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Obviously, last week, very surprising, the Super Bowl matchup. I don't think anyone was thinking this at the beginning of the year. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Um, it's going to be a very good matchup. America's team at this point, it seems to be the Bengals. Everyone's kind of jumped on the, the Joe Burrow wagon. And uh, But, you know, that Rams team, we're going to get into it a little bit today. Not too much. We're going to save our full breakdown of the game for next week. But the Rams are, uh, are a very good team that have proven a lot of people wrong <laughs> right now. But we're just going to start initially. Um, and there's obviously a lot of news in the NFL. Tom Brady also retiring. We are going to touch on that after we cover um, the latest in the games. Obviously, the GOAT retiring, pretty crazy. But another week, another game winner for the Bengals. And, I mean, I was – I think both of us are absolutely shocked at the outcome of this game and the total collapse of the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half. Once again, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it's pretty astonishing. We saw the Chiefs get out to a, you know, 21-3, to I believe it was, start. And they obviously, uh, you know, couldn't get that touchdown in the final seconds before the second half. And like they did in week 17, they just they imploded in the second half. And, and something we were talking about in this podcast before last week's game was we didn't feel that would be the case. We felt that Kansas City would be able to keep the gas on the pedal. And I mean, just a, a total implosion here. Um, I mean, Mahomes in that first half was was perfect in the second half. Far from two interceptions. Um, I mean, just a really really weird crazy game and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl absolutely insane I mean yeah just an insane game just when teams get hot man there's very you know what can you say uh I think just an all-time great defensive performance from the Bengals in the second half but I I want to point to a couple of key plays I think sorry of course my dogs freak out as soon as (laughs) but you're good all right, all right. Uh, I, I think, obviously, the play right before halftime is the biggest play of the game. I really do. I mean, just Mahomes and Reed just not on the same page. Patrick Mahomes thought there was a timeout. Andy Reed probably should have just settled th- for the three points or called a play that was going to, you know, make sure the ball was in the end zone. Just little mistakes. When you, you think, oh, it's not going to come back to haunt them at the time. But I think on that next drive when – Tyreek Hill drops a pass. When does Tyreek Hill drop passes? Travis Kelsey drops a pass. I think that drive is so key because I think even if you don't get those points at the end of the half, you know, get, I don't know if you remember, it's a third down like lob play to Travis Kelsey and Kel- Travis Kelsey dropped it. I think if you have that, you know, the Chiefs probably close out and win. But if you don't, you know, close out opportunities against a really g- good team like the Bengals with a really great quarterback and a really great offense, you're going to come to regret it. I mean, it was just dominance by the Bengals in the second half. The Chiefs didn't even put up a fight. Uh, and I just think missed opportunities, the story of the game, the story, uh, the story of the season for the Chiefs. Um, I think when they look back and they got to this run of four AFC championship games in a row, I think they're going to be a little regretful. They only got one Super Bowl out of it. Um, I think this is a team, they, they, they probably could have had three or maybe all four, even if they were healthy last year. But I, I just think it's, it's, missed opportunities basically is what I'm saying for the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, um, but I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals defense, what I don't think I've ever seen a starker, a readjustment at halftime is that, I mean, 
Eli Apple talked his shit and backed it up. I mean, what can you say? But still not a fan of the guy. However, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am glad it didn't end on a coin toss because I just I do want to say uh, mm-hmm. so we can avoid that for weeks and weeks of, of discord instead of talking about the actual game. But yeah, I mean, that Bengals defense, special, special performance. Yeah, I mean, this was a I think this was a game where this was a, uh, a closure to an era of this Chiefs team. Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, frankly, have been getting away with some of these players on offense, like the McCole Hardmans, the Demarcus Robinsons, the Byron Pringles. I think that era ended on uh, last Sunday. Um, it, it It's just McCole Hardman's, you know, he, he's a good player. I think he's the best out of that group. Byron Pringles shown flashes, but at the end of the day, these guys just, they're just not getting open when Mahomes needs to. And, and if teams are, what we're seeing is if teams were able to, as the Bengals were in that second half, really just take away Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Any matchup, they can they can really take them uh, as long as you don't get burnt by speed. As long as you guys have guys who are helping, and I mean this this offense, it, it was just a, a mess. I mean, I just don't believe those are guys who can be tr- serious weapons on a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, you look at the Cincy Bengals. Look at that wide receiver room. They got three superstars at that position, and CJ Uzmo, who obviously got hurt in this game. You know, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's a pretty darn good player. And they also have Joe Mixon in that backfield. And same with the secondary for the Chiefs. I mean, outside of the Honey Badger, who it's unclear if he'll be able to even be re-signed, you know, they don't really have any studs out there. And I think we're really going to have to see this team start investing some some premium picks in those two positions. I think last year it was the case of the offensive line. That was what was missing. That's what killed them in the Super Bowl. I, I just don't believe those guys in the secondary and, and the wide receiver room are, are good enough at this point for the chiefs to really win and, and, and beat some of these teams. I mean, just the chiefs in general, I mean, the Clyde Edwards, Hilaire pick, I mean, he's played all right, but I, I mean, he's, he lost the job to Jarek McKinnon. It's clear, you know, he wasn't a great pick. I mean, the Kansas city chiefs, to me, this was just a closure of this era of football. This is a, still a phenomenal team. They're going to be probably the favorites, even in the AFC next year. I just think they have room to adjust. And for the Bengals, I mean, what a turnaround that defense, like you said, I mean, it was, it was scary in that second half. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hummer, those guys are, are unreal edge rushers. Um, you know, they're not the big name players that you may have heard of, the Bosa's, the Aaron Donalds of the world, you know, the the superstars like that. But these two guys are are pretty dang good and as good as anyone in the league, especially Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he is a almost a top five edge rusher at this point in the NFL. It's it's pretty crazy to say. And they've got guys I, in the secondary. Like I, I, I do. I, I like you writing that underdog narrative for uh, Trey Hendrickson Griff, but he, he is making, he is making $15 million a year. I mean, I think he does have the biggest edge contract in the NFL. He's not a, I'm not saying, but like in terms of the casual, no, fans, no, no, the guys I, know you know, I know what you mean. You know, know no one mean. really knows this guy. He's playing in Cincinnati who until this year, the team really wasn't, you know, on the map. And, the secondary, I mean, Jesse Bates, what a superstar this guy is. And, and they've got pieces. I mean, Eli Apple, he's obviously been the most outspoken, but he's by far the worst. I mean, Wuzier has been great. Uh, Mike Hilton has been really good this year. Um, you know, even Trey Flowers. I mean, they've just got guys in the secondary, good linebackers. This is a, a well-rounded defense. It's not amazing, but they, they had a sensational half. Jamar Chase, sensational as always. T. Higgins is great. And Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe Burrow. I want to ask you this. I mean, Joe Burrow, I know we've talked about him versus Justin Herbert right now, and you've been always on the Herbert train, but I've kind of leaned. I think Joe Burrow is just one of those guys, kind of like the Tom Brady, where he might not be as naturally talented as Justin Herbert, but this guy's just a winner, and he knows how to get it done, and, and he's clutch in the moment. 
What do you think about Burrow versus Herbert right now? Well, uh, I mean, I just think it's hard to like if I'm going to get say Justin Herbert, I'm going to get slandered relentlessly. But I don't know. I think it's hard to make an, ind- an indictment on either of these two guys right now. I mean, I think you're right. Joe Burrow does have this ending about him, but I think even like talking about like those like uh, intangible traits, such like leadership, winning, like all that. I mean, Joe Burrow is uh, he is so many of these real tangible football traits. That you see, like his accuracy is unreal. His pocket presence is unreal. And uh, I I think the way he just runs an offense, like he keeps them calm always, I think. I don't think there was ever a moment where the Cincinnati Bengals, I think we all thought the game was over. I mean, Griffin and I were texting, you know, Bengals can't keep pace with them. This is a game. This this is a blowout. Just put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I mean, Burrow never really seemed to falter. I mean, uh, it's just, there was never like, uh, he's just, I don't know how to answer this question for you right now because I think Justin Herbert is like an an alien from outer space. And I think, uh, uh, remember, it's just, you got me stumped here, Griff. You really do. Oh, right now I'll still take Justin Herbert for the future, but but I think both of them are future top five quarterbacks. I think they're both future MVPs. And I think, Joe Burrow, like you said, is going to end up being one of the ultimate winners. But uh, I think you made a really good point about the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are willing to spend money. They've made that clear in the past time and time again. Uh, I think Brett Veach, their GM, he knows to not get at least three or four Super Bowls out of the Patrick Mahomes era would be a massive failure for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I was saying about earlier, I think there's a chance they go after – not, not only investing, you know, premium picks in, in those skill positions, but I, I think there's a chance they go after an Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. I really do. Or, you know, even a Chris Godwin. I know he's hurt, but regardless, maybe for late in the year, I think there's some guys that, uh, that they will make an effort. I think they're going to push very hard, like you said, for skill position, because I think it's just not good enough from the receivers, man, at yeah. all. I mean, Miko Hardman is a good player. And he's he would be really good on like a Jacksonville Jaguars team that needs you know a young a receiving option. But this guy isn't you know he's not a number two for the AFC Championship game. He's not simple as that. Um, but yeah, uh, Bengals man, Bengals uh, teams get teams getting hot. But yeah, beat all, beats all logic sometimes. It doesn't. I, 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 I just want to say something. Uh, was Zach Taylor did was Zach Taylor point shaming for the Chiefs? I, I Joe Burrow. I, I hate to say it, and I and I really hate to crap on anybody on the Bengals right now. I really do, but you know, I I, I really respect Joe Burrow because it seems like he was playing in spite of his head coach this game. I think uh, I understand it's tough to inspire a team, but in that first half and even in that second half, man, I think they just need to let Joe Burrow sling the ball, and I think they got really. Joe Mixon, I know you're a big guy. I know you're a big, you know, they needed to run the ball, but they were throwing all over the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't, I'm just not sure they can win against the Los Angeles Rams this way. I don't think Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon needed 21 carries in that game, especially by the time the third and the fourth quarter rolled around. I just think Zach Taylor's play calling was abysmal. And that's what makes it all the more impressive that Joe Burrow is doing what he's doing. I, but yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. But yeah. And I think real quick before we move to the next game, I mean, we kind of touched on this last week, but this kind of seems like this is like the Bengals' big window for the Super Bowl. Right, here. I mean, yeah. 
You really look at the uh, the AFC North next year. I mean, the Steelers, I think, are really going to be in last place. I think I, I think their run is is nice and over in the playoffs. But Cleveland Browns are going to be better. Um, they've got, you know, having a good draft pick for that kind of team. I mean, if they can go out and get like a Garrett Wilson, a Drake London, one of those kind of receivers, that could change their entire offense. The Baltimore Ravens are going to be much healthier. They're going to be a completely different team. It's going to be a tougher division, and there's a lot of young quarterbacks in this AFC, and we're going to see. I mean, I think the Bengals are going to be contenders for the near future, no doubt. This is a playoff team, but in terms of having your best shot to win a Super Bowl, I mean, this is it. Who knows how many times? I mean, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they're really going to come back a lot stronger next year, if I'm being honest. I think that this team, they've drafted really well, and I think they're going to probably find – this team just needs more talent at those positions, wide receiver – and cornerback and, and even safety a little bit. I mean, you just can't, you can't get around that. And that's what they've been doing. They've been kind of working around it for these last few years. They got the O-line now, but those positions you, you gotta, you gotta address at this, at this off season. And I'm sure they will. Like you said, OBJ, there's already been links to that. I mean, he's really revitalized himself with the Rams. It looks like, I mean, he's played great there as much as I dislike OBJ, to be honest. Um, he's really, you know, proved people wrong there with the Rams and, I mean, you add him to that team, and it's a scary sight, to be honest. Even like a Juju, like a Juju's been yeah. linked there. Like, I don't think he's a superstar, but he's proven he can be a very solid player, especially with other very talented weapons on that team, especially the Antonio Brown year. Juju Smith-Schuster was one of the best receivers in the National Football League. Like, I, Juju, with as a true number one, I think really is not it, but you add him with Kelsey and Tyreek, I think he could be in for a big year, to be honest. Yeah. Definitely. I think they just need those to stack upon the secondary weapons. And really, they shouldn't have lost this game, man. I mean, yeah. I hate to be that guy, like be this ultimate like Chiefs apologist. And I'm actually not. I'm actually, it's actually more, more of my criticism is directed at them. They choked this game away, man. They had an opportunity to win this game, even as the Bengals mounted their comeback time and time and time and time again. Missed opportunity after missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And yeah, yeah I and mean, the two minute warning listen, overtime. I mean, it's just, yeah, listen, I, I think everything needs to break right for you to win a Super Bowl. Certainly did for the Eagles four years ago when I was watching it does every year. Tom Brady, the greatest one in the sport is also known for being extremely lucky, but that's how it goes in, in football. That's how it is. Uh, and, and the Bengals are doing that right now. And that just speaks to this point about this championship. But no, they can do this. They can beat the Los Angeles Rams next week. Uh, I, I just think Joe Burrow is really a lot. Joe Burrow is giving them the shot to win, but this is, they got pretty fortunate here. I think a little bit. Yeah. They had a good, they had good matchups too. I mean, the Raiders and the Titans, yeah. that's a, I mean, no discredit. They went and beat the chiefs in Arrowhead. Uh, so yeah, they you can't, it's the, it's the toughest you can't discredit were, really. Yeah. But they've had some nice matchups moving on to this next game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's last game as a San Francisco 49er, I think is a very safe assumption at this point. He's <laughs> even come out publicly and basically said that, um, San Francisco, I mean, this is a, a game where they just couldn't get their game plan established. And I mean, I think you can just look at the running numbers and, and tell why you they lost this game. This is a team that's been built on the run throughout the season. They've really dominated through the run. And when you have to put the ball in Jimmy G's hands, is I think he's a solid player. I think he can get the job done at times, but you just can't have him have to win you the game for an entire game. I mean, this rushing stats are 1.8 from Eli Mitchell here. It's just abysmal, to be honest. Um, very bad game. And, and for the Rams, I mean, 
they, they it's very it's weird that this was a three-point game you'd think this was you know the way the rams played this seems like it should have been a much bigger deficit or much bigger difference but san fran i mean they choked on that interception what a weird game cooper cup odell beckham i mean you see the stats just just sensational matthew stafford will get to play in the super bowl what do you think of this one rob jimmy g is just not good enough man for me i think we were having a pretty spirited argument during the game careful about jimmy g and you know his <laughs> his merits to be the stir san francisco 49ers turning quarterback but i just look at that stat that's abysmal 16 to 30 that's pathetic especially in that dumbed down game plan they run for him um i think the niners are in a tough spot though because it's like they have to start Trey Lance next year because they traded their entire future for him, right? But, yep. man, would a veteran QB make a lot of sense for them right now? It really would. Uh, outside of their quarterback, I think this might be the best roster in the NFL. I really do. I don't really think they have a lot of weak spots outside of the most important position in the sport. Um, but Jimmy G lost them this game. Not good enough. Even at the end, he had a chance to go down a win and threw one of the most Carson Wentz-looking interceptions I've ever seen in my life. But Jimmy G, not good enough. And look, good for Matthew Stafford, but this the story of this game, for me, just was not about the Rams' offense. It was about Jimmy G's inability to execute for me. Um, especially in that second half. Man, was he bad in the second half. They just couldn't score, and they were putting that defense on the field over and over and over again. And like you said, they couldn't get their run game going at all. And, and, and I think that, that that brings a point. I get you can get to maybe even the AFC championship game, you know, with this run-heavy game plan with, a, with an okay quarterback when the rest of your team – and even Jimmy G two years ago I think was way better than Jimmy G is now, if we're making yeah. that point. Um, but I, I just think when you have a quarterback as bad as Jimmy G, I'm sorry. He was bad. He was. And he was bad the week before that too. Um. And in the second half, he, impl- he implodes in the second half consistently. Um, I get the Lambo game is tough to blame him for, but the Cowboys game, he imploded in the fourth quarter. He let them back in it. Um, he's not good enough that, to, to win to win you an NFC championship team against great defenses. Like, you're going to see the Rams. I mean, I understand that a defense like this Rams unit isn't going to be assembled too often just because of their age and the draft capital that it took to get all those superstars on one team. But you're going to face defensively elite teams and quarterbacks like Jimmy G are not going to be enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, that's my my take on this game. I think it really came down to him. I've been a Jimmy G guy. I I believe he's proven he can win with a good surrounding cast. And then he, in the moment, can sometimes get the job done. But, you know, this this era with him in the 49ers is it's over. Trey Lance, I mean, my kind of argument, and I think where we were discussing is, you know, when the Niners looked like they were going to win this game, you know, what the future would look like for Jimmy when this team is, if this team was in the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl. Um, but that just didn't happen. And, and the way he played at the end of this game, it, it it's over for him. I, I saw a report today that they'll look for either a second round pick or a, a third and plus a player, which to be honest, I mean, for I mean, I think one team that, I think Jimmy G would be a solid fit on, to be honest, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that offense is, is kind of a solid offense for him. Um, you saw what Big Ben was able to do. He led them to the playoffs with that team. Well coached. I got to say, Griff, I got to say, Griff, I think there's – if Malik Willis falls to the Pittsburgh Steeler, Steelers, there is a 100% chance they're taking him. It's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, their pick is – it's down. I think we're going to see 
I think Malik will. We're going to start doing mock drafts in a bit, but I believe Malik Willis will probably end up. I mean, these, the problem is people. It's a bad quarterback class, but these guys. But it's the quarterback so position, but it's the, but it's the quarterback position. Like Malik Willis, I believe honestly, him and, and Kenny Pickett, um, these guys could both be drafted gotta, in the, gotta in the top you. ten. Got to tell you, I'm a big. Sorry, we're spoiling our, our draft thing things down the line, but uh, Carson Strong from Nevada, I'm a big fan. I think he's got a cannon for an arm. But sorry, back to the – It's going to be a very interesting draft. I mean, you hear the Lions are open for business at two, but I don't think a quarterback will go that early. I think – but I think, like, pick seven through ten, I think we might see two quarterbacks go right about then. Um, I think that's why the Lions might honestly want to trade back a little bit and, and scoop one of those QBs there, but we're getting ahead of it. Um, but, no, I think Pittsburgh would be – like, if Pittsburgh wants to like, – I think Jimmy G could lead them to the playoffs. I don't think they'd be a championship-caliber team, but I think, like – he's an upgrade over big Ben. So I think they'd be a better version of the team they were this year in my mind. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. This is Trey Lance's team. Now it's a good roster, um, but man, it's risky putting Trey Lance in there. I mean, it's now a guy who hasn't played football for two years. But basically. you got to do it, man. You got to do it. I mean, it's just the pick they made. That's the, the, the decision they made for their future. Trey Lance is their as their franchise QB. And if he's solid, I mean, he, their hope is, that they hit on this pick. And I think Trey Lance could be a very good quarterback. I think he's got the intangibles, the skills. My worry is just this guy hasn't played in two years. So like some yeah. stuff like game IQ, like you can really only teach that. I mean, as good as practice is and as good as the coaches are at helping, the only thing you can really, and the only way you can really get better is just by doing it, making mistakes in the game. And that's what I fear for this 49ers team is that Trey Lance is just going to have a season where he's going to have to relearn everything on the field and, and just is going to have to learn from his mistakes, which would be a nightmare for the 49ers. If another season goes down the drain, because some of these players, you know, they're getting, you know, they're only going to be good for so long um, for the Rams um, in this game. I mean, this was, you know, Matt Stafford, this offense has been playing sensational throughout the playoffs and I don't want to spoil my pick for the Super Bowl, but I, I, I do like, uh, the Los Angeles Rams a lot. And I think this is a, a defense that is seriously going to cause issues for the Bengals offensive line. I mean, you're going to have Von Miller and Aaron Donald going up against, you know, scrubs if I'm, if I'm being Frank and they're secondary too, man. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, there you go. You, if you put Darius him on Williams Chase, is a player. Darius Williams is a player too. Very good. And that's what, I mean, you can easily in this game take away Chase in a way and then you double T Higgins or so and then all of a sudden you're left to Tyler Boyd. Maybe CJ Uzmola plays. I mean, then it's it gets hairy all of a sudden for uh for Cincinnati. So I think the I think the Rams are just they just match up so well, I think, with the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Cincinnati Bengals, man, they're as hot as anyone and, and they've proved me wrong anytime. So it's hard to bet against them. But the Rams in this game, I mean, they just they won the game. They came back late. Matt Stafford. You, you got to feel good for the guy. I mean, this guy was trapped in Detroit for numerous, numerous years and, you know, finally has that chance, finally has a, a team of superstars assembled and and he's proven everyone wrong. A lot of people thought this team, including yourself, I believe that this team would be, you know, eliminated second round. A lot of people even thought early on that this team wasn't good enough and man, they've played really good football. And it's interesting, like these NFC West teams, the the Rams, uh, the 49ers, we saw Seattle kind of dominate the the four or five years before they're consistently in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is two of the last five years now or two of the last three or five years. Now the Rams have been on the Super Bowl. Probably one. Let's see. Last year was 
it's probably been two of the last four years, I guess. Correct. No, it's, so it's it's you had the Rams it was Patriots. twice. You had the Rams twice and the Niners before that, and then in between you had the Bucks. So it's uh four out of so it's three out of five years. No, three out of four years. No, two. They've only made it twice in Super Bowl. No, but two I'm saying like NFC West. No, no, no. Yeah, but I'm saying three out of NFC four West years team. for the NFC West. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about the NFC South in a minute, but that's going to be a bad division. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the NFC West teams easier. This is just a division that started to dominate outside of that Arizona Cardinals team, which I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly scared for that rebuild. For not the for the rebuild, but for the state of the Arizona Cardinals, I think they're in a really sketchy spot in terms of being able to truly win a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. Los Angeles, they got it done. I think it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup. And I mean, this LAT Cooper Cup, man. I mean, this guy's just sensational. I mean, there's not much. It's it, there's not much too much to say on this game. Um, it's kind of a dull game. I mean, you had the botched interception and all that, but you know, Rams got the job that done. Play the, that was another play of the game, man. That botched interception. I think the Niners had that, especially considering McVay had all his timeouts called by the eight minute mark. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know. As, as, as we, great as, as these two guys are offensively and playmake and their play calling <laughs> and their offensive design, their, their game management is, is often subpar, I would say. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we've kind of hinted at it. We'll talk about it real quick. Just some initial thoughts on this game, kind of what your storylines you're kind of already thinking about, what you think is uh, – you know, really the key of, uh, of these games for, for both sides to win this game. What do you think? You know, I think obviously the key to this game for, for, for both teams is that, that, that defensive line versus that offensive line matchup. It'll be huge for the Bengals, even if they get beaten, not that badly. But I, I, I just can't envision this going well for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, man. Uh, but I said that in, in Kansas City as well. But this is a whole different breed, this Los Angeles Rams defense. This is a defense that was giving Tom Brady fits for, you know, the majority of the game. And they obviously, despite losing Christian Wirfs, had elite members of the offensive line elsewhere. This team doesn't have a single good offensive lineman, Griffin. Um, uh, so I think that's the key to the game. And I think, obviously, for the Rams uh, – it, it, it's going to be able to throw that ball in the Cincinnati secondary. I think if they can, if they can move the ball through the air, get find Cooper cup, you know, take, take Trey Hendrickson out of the game. I, I think, I think if the Rams play their game, they'll be fine. I, I just think it's such a hard path to victory for the Bengals. Cause I think that Rams pass rushes, if the Rams get up early at all, this game is done. And I know the Bengals just lost a huge comeback, but it doesn't matter because the Bengals, if the Bengals at all get down by like 10, I think this game is over because they're going to have to pass on every down. And if that happens, you're just going to have to be, you're just going to have the Rams free, you know, free firing every play. And it's going to be a disaster. I think if the Cincinnati Bengals have to throw the ball 60 times to win, it's not going to be a good scene for them. That Rams defensive line, I mean, that Von Miller trade could not be looking any better than for a Super Bowl matchup like this. I mean, how perfectly did that work out for them? Um, yeah, man, it's it's just going to be tough. And I get that they that they're the huge underdogs, and I get that they did it to Kansas City. But number one, beating teams like the Chiefs and the Rams twice in a row is very difficult. When I think, as great as they are, they're an inferior opponent to both. I got to say. Um, and I also 
I've said, I think the Rams have a significant advantage in the head coaching matchup. Significant. Um, but yeah, the Bengals key to victory defense for me. I think the defense has to play exactly like they did in that second half against the Chiefs. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is a hell of a lot better of a second option, you know. And uh, what's Tyler Higby's health status, Griff? Did he? Well, I don't know. At this point. I think it's very him, like CJ Uzmoa. It, it's very hard to see what, what will happen. I think right. Higby, I don't know if Higby's out for the year. I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stat, he, he didn't practice. It's the latest report. He has an MCL sprain. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think him he, and he'll play. If that's the if that's the case, he'll play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Gonna they need to be a huge they need a huge performance from Trey Hendrickson, I think, to win this game. Yeah. I think for the Los Angeles Rams, their key to victory. You kind of touched on it. Just get to the quarterback, keep the pressure on throughout the game. And I think you, you just got to limit those weapons of the Cincinnati Bengals, kind of trying to eliminate one or two of them and, and make them play through through one of them and make, you know, make Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins, probably Tyler Boyd, I'd say, is the worst out of that group. Because, you know, he's a good player, but make him win, have to win the Bengals the game, you know, make him have to make the plays, make, run the routes. Um, I think the Rams just need to establish their offense early. Um, just get guys like Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, just get these guys involved and, and in good matchups, try to, you know, Sean McVay is a very good coach. They've got a very good offensive design. Um, I think this team will be able to run a lot of, a lot of good plays. And it seems like Cooper cups just always open. So if that's the case, it, it could be a long night for the Cincinnati secondary for the Bengals. I, I agree with you. I think these, they need to, you know, get pressure on Matthew Stafford and, and force him to make mistakes. We've seen Matthew Stafford under pressure, you know, he starts to, you know, panic a little bit. That's kind of the one thing about him that he'll make, you know, questionable throws here and there. And, you know, he's not perfect. You know, we saw that, you know, we saw that obviously I believe he did have an interception and then he had to throw to, uh, you know, Tart that that was dropped. So this guy's not perfect by any means. He's a good quarterback, very good quarterback, but he he's, you know, you get to him, he'll make mistakes. And I think for the Cincinnati Bengals, I think it's going to be very tough, but I think early on, I think this team needs to try to establish the run game because I think if this team can establish the run and I know how hard it's going to be seeing how it was last week against San Francisco, I mean, this team, this is that that would be game changing if Cincinnati can get going with Joe Mixon and just have that in their back pocket to be able to use. I think that the run game for Cincinnati here is something that is key in their path to victory. I think I think beating the Rams through the air is just a, a nightmare kind of attempt yeah. to win this game. I think somehow you've just got to get Joe Mixon the ball. I don't think and, that, yeah, I, I do agree, but I don't think they're gonna be able to run on them either. I don't think, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be very hard, but in a key to victory, I think that's, I think that's essential. If the Bengals, I think a Bengals Super Bowl victory, I think Joe Mixon has a good game. I think that's, I think as good as Joe Burrow is, I think a Joe Mixon good performance is key for the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I think, I think it's just as simple as that. I think you got to be able to run the ball. Otherwise, you know, could be a long day, but at the same time, you know, who knows? You got to force turnovers too. I mean, I kind of touched on that with Stafford making mistakes, but force turnovers on that defense. We saw that with the Bucks game. That's the way the Bucks got back. They forced turnovers. Um, you know, get fumbles, get picks. That that's the essential. But I think the I think the Rams have the clear clear path to victory. But by no means can you count out the Cincinnati Bengals after what we've seen and in these playoffs so far. I gotta say, 
I know, I know. The Chiefs fan is here again, is here again. But <laughs> I am sad we don't get to watch a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl, but I'm rooting for the Bengals here, Griff. I got to say, I'm rooting for the Bengals here. Um, I want to see Joe Burrow end the drought. I really do. And I like – I hate the Rams. God, do I hate Sean McVay and do I hate the Rams. That's my personal opinion, seeing through at the end of the uh, NFL season here. I'm still probably going to end up, you know, maybe picking them next weekend. But uh, 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 I, I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. Just to make that clear, but I do feel a little robbed of a Chiefs or Super Bowl because I think that would have been an outstanding game. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk more, a lot more on that game next week. Um, we kind of already talked a, a good bit about it though, and you can probably tell our predictions kind of seeping through for what we think is going to happen. But with that, we are going to talk about uh, just for a few minutes. I mean, there's not; it's kind of hard to discuss in, in full, and I don't think it's the most interesting topic per se. But Tom Brady, obviously, this week announcing his retirement from the NFL. I was shocked. I, I'm going to be honest, even with all the Schefter reports, I still thought we were going to see him for one more year. And I thought he might end it on a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's weird that he just ended it for me just on a loss like that. But I think clearly that, you know, he's played in the league for so long, played so many games. I think he just, at this point, it, it, he realized he's, you know, he's, he's done enough. He's done it all. Nothing he'll come back for. Um, really, I mean, he's already the goat. Why, why risk your body? Why risk your health for another season? What a, what a career. I mean, that's, you can read them all. Um, just a sensational player, the go, the greatest of all time, arguably the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, he, he's in the top two or three for me and he might even be number one. I think it's, you know, I don't really know what my top three even would look like, but he's up there. I know that. Um, I mean, just what a sensational player, a true winner. Um, a guy who, you know, was counted out at the start of his career and look where he ended up. It's truly astonishing. And, you know, congratulations to him on a great career. Um, you know, what it, it's honestly the New England days I didn't enjoy watching, but these last few seasons in Tampa Bay, I've really just enjoyed watching Tom Brady and just with that offense. I mean, it was just, it was just a fun team to watch if I'm being honest in Tampa yeah, Bay. I mean, I'm sure you didn't enjoy, enjoy it too much when he was abusing your Jets for 20 years. But, uh, <laughs> It, it, but what stood out to me kind of is he has a lot of love for the for Tampa Bay and that Buccaneers organization, man. I really, I mean, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of how pouring of love. And I get he left his farewell to New England a couple of years ago, but man, I was expecting you know a little more New England love in that post and what he's said publicly. But a lot of it is like thank you, anyway. But yeah, just to echo everything you said, obviously the goat, best winner in the history of the sport, maybe best winner ever uh, in any sport. And you know, I think he's definitely become more of like a human being, if that makes sense in these last couple of years. Yeah. We've uh, seen more of his personality. I yeah, think. for sure. Um, I don't know if I'll ever come to, you know, love Tom Brady as a lot of people do, but I definitely respect him as a winner. And I'll always be glad that the Eagles defeated him in the last Super Bowl that he lost. So uh, yeah, that'll be the, that'll be my takeaway on Tom Brady. Yeah. Great career. No doubt. Just wanted to, you know, Obviously, big news, just uh, kind of wish him well on his retirement and whatnot. But with that, um, I wish we could talk some baseball today, but, I mean, we really can't. Um, it's so difficult. And as soon as this whole CBA, whatever they're even doing, the lockout gets negotiated, we'll start, you know, once free agents start signing, we'll start giving our uh, our predictions for the season, kind of talk it through. I know Mets and, and Phillies and, and all that, we're going to be talking a lot about that and, I know both of us being the fans that we are think our team will, will win it all each year, but uh, probably not going to happen, but we'll see. Um, 
But with that, we're going to talk about the NBA some. And uh, it's been a very interesting. The trade deadline, I believe, is on Thursday um, with both, you know, both of our favorite teams, the Cavs for me, the Sixers for Rob, both uh, very engaged in the trade market. Sixers have been linked to James Harden, which is what we're going to start with. Um, Cavs linked to a guy like Karis LeVert, who's a you know great player. Um, NBA is an interesting um, but James Harden, I mean, this has been the guy who's been in the news for the last week or so. A lot of turmoil, a lot of reports that he wants out. He's not happy. Just a weird whole situation. I mean, a year ago, this team was, you know, the team that was going to dominate for years. And now, I mean, they might never even win a title. That's pretty astonishing. Um, but James Harden, the Philly rumors, I mean, obviously, I guess Ben Simmons would have to be in the deal, I'd assume, um, which is weird. I don't know how he'd really even fit into Brooklyn on that team. Um, weird, weird situation. but. I mean, Rob, what do you what are your thoughts on this whole James Harden situation? What do you think it would take to even get him? And uh, you know, what do you think if let's say he is traded to Philadelphia, Ben Simmons goes the other way. I know they won't trade Maxi, but I don't really know maybe Thibault goes the other way, some guys like that. I mean, I, I think Joel Embiid is playing at as high a level right now as anybody is in the league in the world. I think you have to do whatever you can to maximize his prime, anything you can. I think the only piece for the Sixers that needs to be off the table is Tyrese Maxey. Um, just because you got to, I know that James Harden contract is going to be, like I said, you got to take them on, but James Harden next contract is going to be pretty ugly. Unfortunately, that's the reality of it. If you're going to win a championship though, and if you're going to give your team the best shot to win a championship, it's all about to me, just giving your shot, your team, the best shot to win. You can't reasonably say as a Sixers fan, or if you're Daryl Morey, you know, trading away, my some of my trade tips for James Harden isn't the best course of that isn't the best course of action because it is it clearly is this guy is what gives you the best shot to win a championship you know Sixers are Sixers fans are talking about Tyrese Halliburton Harrison Barnes in the first round pick and this and this and that everybody knew that was never going to happen you know I think <laughs> it's just annoying to me everybody's like oh why is Daryl Morey still holding out this this that this is why he was still holding out because unpredictable shit, sorry, unpredictable shit happens in the NBA all the time. It changed its landscape changes so quickly, so much change in it, so much faster than I think even like football or, or or other you know major professional sports leagues. Because, like you said, less than a year ago, I mean, you could have timed the Nets to win two or three championships, and they've imploded in less than a year. One of the most, you know. One of the members of their big three is asked, he's going to be traded by the same trade deadline by which he was almost brought in the year before. It's insane. It's like, I mean, we, I've always been sort of like, you know, against this notion that like, oh, you know, too many ball dominant players, blah, 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 this, 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 because we've seen it work in Miami. We've seen it work, you know, back to the eighties with the Celtics, even, you know, you've seen it work very recently with the, with the golden state warriors, but man, this really seemed to be true this time. And I, I get a lot of unpredictable stuff happens. You know, obviously Kyrie only being a part-time player, Katie's injury issues still lingering, but just just a nasty, nasty, I think a very toxic situation in Brooklyn. And I think this is only going to end with him being traded to Philadelphia. I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it, but I love to say it. But, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty insane. I mean, the whole Ben Simmons thing is also insane. I mean, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just thrown away his career at this point. And, and it's why it's like, if I'm the Nets, uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, I think, I don't even know how this would work. I mean, the, the Kevin Durant injury has changed the Brooklyn Nets, I think, their entire future in a way, because their team has crumbled apart without him. You've got Kyrie Irving, who obviously 
Now, we're not going to get into his whole ordeal, but he's obviously like a part-time player. James Harden is is just not happy, I and mean, it's so weird. And I mean, look at this team, man. They they in the acquiring of of James Harden of their superstars, they gave their entire future. I mean, Jared Allen, this guy's been an All Star for Cleveland. Karis LeVert, he's been a sensational player this year for Indiana. They traded these guys that have just been sensational players away for you know Harden. Essentially, I believe that was at that deadline. I mean. I mean, that trade for Cleveland was huge because they got Jared Allen for, you know, a, a bag of cookies, essentially. Um, I mean, what a deal that was. For also, them, but- also, sorry, sorry. Let me interject in the Jared deal, Jared Allen deal for a second, because it's like my favorite, one of my favorite things to mention. The Rockets flipped Jared Allen for a late first round pick in that trade, which yeah, is like it was like Jared Allen and just like abysmal. Because it, it was like, like Jared a, it was Allen like a, and Torian Prince for. Yeah, it was like I a believe- 14 trade. Yeah. Who were the players that went? I mean, it was some scrubs who like, went back, like some scrubs who went. I can look yeah, it no, up right now. Yeah, it was it, it it was bad for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Jared Allen is an all star. I, I was he selected to the? I don't even know if he's officially like. He but won't. But I think he might replace Kevin Durant. To be honest, uh, yeah, that dude's an all star. I mean, he's one of the best. He's been one of the best big men in the entire NBA this season. Um, yeah. They sent Dante Exum in a first round pick <laughs> to Houston and a second round pick they sent to Brooklyn. And Jesus they got Jared Allen. What a joke. What a what robbery from the from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it was via Milwaukee, the Bucks first round pick. Oh my God. <laughs> Tellman Fertitta is just, you know, he's a gift that keeps on giving for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're the Sixers, I mean the Eastern Conference, it's looking so like open. it's gonna be a bloodbath in these playoffs, to be honest. I mean, there are so many teams, I and mean, even in the play-in right now. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the standings every day, and I'm worried that, you know, if you go on a losing streak, you're dropping to the play-in. I mean, look at the Nets, you go, The Sixers uh, – I was talking about this with my friends the other night. Uh, the Sixers, p- people were coming off high against that went off Memphis. We'd won without him beat against a great team. And then they lost on Wednesday night to the Wizards, and I was like, we're going to spiral because yeah. we have the Mavs on the road, the Bulls on the road, and then the Suns. You had to win that game. If you were on a four-game losing streak, you're in the eighth seed all of a sudden. Like, it's insane. <laughs> It's insane, and, and it, it's a, a nightmare right now in the East. I mean, there you got the Cavs. I mean, all the top teams, the Heat, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Bucks, the 76ers, the – I mean, you've got the, the – uh, The Raptors? The Raptors, the, Raptors the Hornets, the the Hawks have kind of emerged all of a sudden back, in, back into the mix of things. I mean, it's a nightmare in the East. So, I mean, I think in the East, James Harden for the Sixers, I mean, that changes that team completely, especially since Ben Simmons is, has not been there. It's not like you're replacing a guy. No, it's not like you're replacing producing. I mean, it's you're just adding Ben Sim- – or you're adding James Harden for, you know, the other players. I'm assuming they have to give probably Thibel or someone. I mean, Thibel is a key player, though. I mean, they really need to keep him I mean, at I, all I would definitely rather give up Thibel than the likes of, like, a Seth Curry, though, for me. I think yeah, Seth well, Curry is. Yeah, I think Seth Curry is definitely one of those players that could be heading back to Brooklyn. And I really hate to do that because he is such a perfect fit with Embiid and Harden. And he's a really lethal weapon for any playoff team. But I think that might be one of the guys that you could see going back to Brooklyn in the potential trade. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint the exact – I mean, it might even be a three-team deal. I mean, it's kind of really hard to pinpoint exactly who and, and what would fit. Um, I mean, it's all very weird. But I think James Harden, like you said, I mean, the Sixers – I mean, it has been – these last few years have just been a nightmare for them in terms of the fit playoffs, and and the fans are at this point are, are just getting very frustrated. I mean, they don't even have a finals appearance to show for it. And at this point, they've been, you know, one of these top teams in the East for four or five years now at this point with the Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, you know, Toby Harris. You brought in you know, Jimmy Butler here for a year. And 
I mean, it's kind of just been a disaster and, and they need to do whatever they can to win because at this point, this current team's not going to, I'm going to be honest, like they'll no, go in the first champions. round or the second round. Like, yeah. especially without Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons, what a nightmare he was last year, but he's still a very good player. And like, he, he's Simply only going to like, team. It's just like, if this deal goes through, like, and if Ben comes back to the Wells Fargo Center in a seven game playoff series, <laughs> I, I think he would cry on the court. I think he would start <laughs> crying on the court or he would fake an injury. Yeah. I mean, it would be crazy, but I mean, James Harden, easily gives the Sixers a legitimate shot and and you know would it make them favorites it's hard to say honestly who would be favorites in the east right now but I mean you're able to at least I I see a path for them to come out of the east right now I I just don't see them being right and that's and that's playoff series right and that's that's all that it's about it's about maximizing your championship window and James Harden might not be MVP James Harden you know the greatest scorer ever 36 10 and 8 every night which is insane that he averaged 36 points a game, but uh, he's still an all pro caliber player. He really is. I mean, this guy is averaging like 24, 11 and nine right now, or I, I don't know what it is in his last 20 games or something like that. I mean, it, it, the, I think the situation between James Harden and the Nets fan base is very toxic right now, Griffin. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's only inevitable that this deal happens at this point. Yeah. I mean, that deal would not have leaked had, yeah, he's averaging 22 and a half points a game and 10 assists a game. I mean, what that would do for the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, it's it, it, just open your championship window. It, you have to open it for, for when you have a player, especially as Joel Embiid, a guy who's going to walk into the basketball hall of fame. You cannot waste his prime like this. You have to make this deal. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, seems like he was hurt yesterday, so he might be even banged up right now, but. Is he, is he hurt or is he hurt or is he's got he a hamstring? So even if he's faking, it's never a good thing to hear, but um, yeah, man, it, it, what a nightmare for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, even if they trade for Ben Simmons, is the guy even going to play this year? I mean, that's a whole nother issue. Um, <laughs> He'll play as soon as he's traded. He's going to play. Don't worry. You think? But he's yeah, he ready to go. It's not like this guy can he'll, just jump he'll up. ramp up. No, no. What will happen is they'll trade for him. He'll ramp up for like two weeks to a month, and then he'll start playing again. And then they'll work him back in by the time the playoffs start. Hundred percent. What a weird team. I mean, Kevin Durant. What Kyrie, a weird team, right? Ben Simmons. What a, what a weird team. In a way, Brooklyn could use some defense, man. I think Ben Simmons could Definitely. really be, He'd be a, a good perfect. Piece He'd be a great fit there. He he would yeah. be a great fit in Brooklyn. For sure. I mean, they've already got good scores. So all of a sudden, I mean, you also. If you added like a Seth Curry too, I mean, they need depth too. They need some pieces. So I think it's a good trade for both sides and maximizes honestly both teams because Harden, I mean, I don't know his deal, but I think it's either this is last year or whatnot. Like it's going to be gone. So like, I think it's a deal that they got to do. I'm very curious to see in terms of the rest of the NBA. I mean, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I I do think, sorry. I I do think the Nets, they have no leverage here. I mean, the Sixers usually when they talk to teams, they're the ones who don't have any leverage, but if James Harden is truly gone for the summer, gone in the summer, they're not going to let him walk for nothing or get minimal value on a sign-in trade. If he's gone, they have to trade him, and they will. Yeah, I mean, they should. It's it's the smartest thing that franchise can do right now is, it would be trade James Harden. If that's truly – if everything we hear is truly true, which I believe, I mean, there's no reason to keep him at this point. Um but I mean, the rest of this NBA. I mean, it's been the West is so weird because you. I mean, the West is a nightmare. I mean, they have you have yeah, you have like two to three top teams, and the rest of the West is really terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, we obviously had that trade with Norman Powell, but I mean, how significant is that? I mean, the Kawhi Leonard. Probably, I mean, you hear he's probably done. He's not even playing this year. 
Um, I what think a next nightmare. Year, next year, the Clippers might be very scary, but I don't really see them making much of a threat this year. It's so, I mean, these LA teams, I mean, it seems, I mean, I guess the Lakers have a championship to show for it. Um, so it's a lot different, but I mean, these LA teams, it was really supposed to be, you know, the elite dynasty for years. And I mean, the Clippers and the, and both teams are playing teams right now. What a disaster. I mean, I'll be honest. I I think either the sons of the warriors are coming out and I don't think any other team has a shot in the Western conference. Um, I mean, the sons are, the sons, I think it's it's me, the warriors, man. I think it's me, the warriors. I don't think I I got to say, man, those sons are strong Griffin. Those sons are strong. And I really think it's all contingent on the play of Steph Curry because for as great as Steph is, he hasn't been Steph level good over like the past two months. I I think there's, there's been a, uh, uh, post going around. I think a lot, it, you know, I've seen yeah, it's a like lot, a date. It's the, like tour the date shooting the, towards. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Uh, and it's crazy because they're still like 39 and 13 or 38 and 13, whatever they are. 40 uh, and 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 and 13. Sorry. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I, like you said, I think they're, they're those two teams at the top. And then I think the men, the Memphis Grizzlies are really have a really good game card. But for me personally, they might get bounced. <laughs> to, take them, to take them seriously, they need like another star to go with. They need another star for go to, to go with Joe, yeah. I think. And I think that can even come within the team. I think. I think Jaron Jackson Jr.'s development is going to be something to really keep an eye on for the Memphis Grizzlies. And Desmond Bain, Griff, Desmond Bain is a is a player. I mean, he can shoot the hell out of the ball. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, well, they're a great young team, and I think they can, you know, maybe get to the second round. I don't think they're on the caliber of a team, like like you said, like the Warriors or the Suns. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden you got the East right now, which, I mean, like we kind of talked about, I mean, those – I mean, there's, there's nine teams right now who are separated by five and a half games at the top of the, the division. I mean, it, it, which is terrifying. I mean, because I mean 55, 55 games into the season, too. Or, it's or insanity because you can just immediately go on a three-game losing streak, and all of a sudden you're in the play-in. And, and you might even be – you could be the nine seed in the play The Hornets yeah. a few weeks ago were the six seed, and now all of a sudden they're the nine seed. They're like yep. – Barely flow. They went on a three-game losing streak, and like we've been saying, I mean, the Nets right now are on a seven-game losing streak. I mean, they're just yeah. Nets by the day, and the Raptors are going to lose tonight the, too. And then like the Raptors, the Celtics, they've each won four or five games in a row. Like those teams are immediately yeah. shooting up. It's just a, it's insane right now, and it's yeah, it's crazy, it's terrifying because and, and it's really awesome because it, it's giving more weight to these regular season games. Finally, after years of watching, no, these every, every single regular season game with any of these teams is insanely important. Yeah, I mean, and the the playing gives it that added importance too, man. Because to get a, there's motivation to get out of the plane and to you know keep stay in the plane. So, no, I mean, you've got like the New York Knicks. I mean, what a nightmare of a season for them. They're the current 12 seed, nine out of the first. I mean, they're they're not in the range where it's they can't make the plan. They're game out of the 10 seed, but right. this team is horrific. I mean, Julius Randle. I mean, this guy was like the savior of Knicks basketball a year ago. And all of a sudden, I mean, the fans hate him. Everyone wants him gone, it seems like. I mean, it's just – I think anyone could have told you last year that Julius Randle on a championship <laughs> contending team is more of a mediocre two-piece on a championship team and a very good three on a championship team. I don't um, even know about a mediocre two. I'd, I'd say he'd be a, I'd say he'd be an all right three on a championship team. Griffin, he has been next-level terrible this year. He's been you pretty bad. Like, I mean, I think – there's a theme with Julius Randle where he has had two elite NBA seasons in his career, and they've both come right before the year where he was due before his next big contract. And listen, I respect the hell out of that. I got to say, you know, getting, getting, playing, giving your maximum effort right, right before to get, 
to, to get this province. But like you said, I, uh, uh, Julius Randle as the one on, you know, a team for an extended period of a time, eh, you know, not going to work. And I think, you know, that Tom Thibodeau process where he was, where, you know, he has a honeymoon period and then fans sort of get over uh, worn out by his rotations. That process seems to be getting sped up significantly yep. this time around in New York. I mean, they traded a first-round pick and more for Cam Reddish, and the guy's not even in the rotation. I mean, it's just – it's that stuff is just mind-blowing to me. And I know the Knicks have – it's just because it's like – it's so stupid because you look at their their lineup that they're running out. I mean, Quentin Grimes has played good. You've got Obi Topin, guys like yeah. that. But, like – Yeah, these young guys – I mean, these young guys haven't been playing bad, but uh, you have, like – I mean, it's Ta- Taj Gibson still there. He's, I, mean, I mean, he had two minutes. I mean, Alec Burks has been bad. Obi Tobin's going yeah. Kemba Walker's been they just run, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys, but like I mean, quickly's been fine. It's just like it's hard to pinpoint because it's like Cam Reddish just has to be in that rotation. I'm sorry, but he's his potential is even uh, I mean, it's just tough because it's like you look at the guys and it's like, I mean, this isn't that bad, but it's just they're just not good enough. That's the problem, I think. They're just not that good of players. That, to be honest, I mean they're just mediocre, all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, I mean, what else is there going on in the I'm NBA? Just Any other the NBA that there's no like, like I think the Bucks are a really strong team in the East still. I mean, yeah, I would, you cannot count out the Bucks. I would probably say that they're even the favorite, arguably, right now. If I had to pick any team in the East to come out, I'd probably pick the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about you know Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, and rightfully so because they've been on another planet this year, but. Giannis Antetokounmpo has not lost a step at all, no. man. I mean, he's been dominant. His shooting has been a lot better this year as well, which is very scary. But this dude is just – he's one of the all-time greats. I, I have to say it. He really is. And I think – I just think the Bucs with Giannis, they, they have to be the favorites in the East right now for me. Yeah, I mean, you've got – I mean, I think – I mean, you always want to lean towards teams who have the superstars. And I think right now there's three teams with true superstars in the Eastern Conference, which is the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Nets. Um, now, I don't think the Sixers' current state or the Nets' current state, to be honest. I mean, the Nets are – who knows? what We have to see after the trade. Right, both of these both teams, those teams are going to look completely different potentially. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say, but you look at some of these teams. I mean, look, the Raptors, Celtics, Hornets. I, 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 to be honest, I mean, I don't want to – I think the I don't Raptors want to be the jumping the gun on, on Cleveland, but I truly believe Cleveland has the ability to come out of the East. I mean, I don't think they will per se, but I mean, they're, they're a scary team with those two big guys in Darius Garland. I mean, especially I, if they make a move and like Sexton comes back to Kevin Love also, I mean, rejuvenated his whole career. I mean, he has been sensational yeah. this season off the bench. One of the, one of the, he honestly, I mean, I don't know the, all the sixth man, but like, He's got to be up there for the six man of the year award. I mean, he's been sensational off the bench. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love has completely. I, I mean, him or Tyler Hero is going to win the six man of the year award this year. Um, but Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are special, 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 special. <laughs> I mean, I really think those dudes are going to run the East in, in a number of years. I mean, Garland and Mobley are special, special, special. Now, my, Jared, Jared Allen's on a five-year contract for $20 million a year. Like, yeah, <laughs> great value. Uh, amazing. I do have a question. So I think if I were a Cavs fan for me, but it, you know better than me, I would probably be looking to deal Sexton away in the offseason to get a return because I think you found your guy in Garland if that was ever – I think there was probably a, a decision where 
they were going to have to decide whether to keep both or, or keep one or the other after this year. And that sort of become clear. Yeah. I mean, context, I believe he's a free agent, restricted free agent at the end of the oh, year. Exactly. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see. And especially coming off this injury, um, if he does return for the playoffs, I mean, that could really change his value. But I mean, he is a very ball dominant player who his main right. thing is shooting the basketball, which I think with the Cavs right now, what makes them so good is, you know, Darius Garland, you know, Evan Mobley, obviously these guys take a lot of shots, but I feel like they don't have one guy who's consistently like the guy there, like, right. like in the LeBron days, you know, LeBron was going to shoot like 20 times a game. Like you don't really have that, you know, Darius Garland one night could be, you know, shooting 20 shots, but then the next night he'll shoot like 10 shots and have 15 assists or something like that, you know? Um, so with Sexton, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say how he'd fit into this current Cavs team and, and how they've played this year. Um, I agree with you. I do lean that, you know, maybe for the future, he's not the guy, but I mean, at the same time, this guy's a talented player. Um, I think he'd be only help the team, especially for the playoffs. I think, you know, you can only hope this guy's there. Um, I mean, they've been interested in, in Karis Levert, who I think would be a, a great move for them. I think he's another player who would really help them, but yeah, I mean, the, the Colin section, obviously Garland has established himself. If they're going to choose between the two, you're obviously going to choose Darius Garland at this point, but I don't know. I think the I think the Cavs do like him, and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him return. Um, but I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those things with the difficult situation. I would say for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. I yeah, the East is just tough, and I think you really just got to be looking out for the Harden Simmons trade because it's going to bomb the landscape of the East. Because uh, it completely changes two teams, and I think we haven't touched on a team. I'm surprised you haven't. The Miami Heat, I think, are a threat in the East as well. I got to say, yeah. they have the Sixers number. We beat them last time, but Butler and Bam, I don't know. I get they're the bubble guppies and this and the bubble boys, but they scare me, man. They really do. Uh, I think, like you said, they have so many guys who can score. I think Tyler Zero stepped up huge in a huge way this game. Duncan Robinson has been pretty bad this year, though, which I think is definitely a concern for them, considering they're paying him $18 million a year. Um, but Jimmy and Bam, man, they haven't been healthy all year, really, and they're still the one seed. They're finally getting healthy again. They're finally reacclimating Bam and Jimmy back together. And I got to say, it's a little scary, man. It's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think for me, I feel like that team's just one of those teams that I just always expect to, like, win a series or two and then in the end just, like, lose. But I don't know. I think they're a threat. I, I mean, them and the Bulls, if the Bulls are healthy, they're a phenomenal team as well. I mean, they've got some some studs there. Um, that's what I'm saying with the East. It's just like, it's really hard to say what's going to happen because I think in the East, you want to look at the guys. I think the three teams that have their the superstars of the East, you've got the teams like the Bulls and the Heat, who are extremely well-rounded, have a ton of good players, but don't really have a true, like, superstar per se they have elite players all-stars but not a superstar and then you've got kind of like these weird teams like i would put cleveland in like a weird team kind of spot where it's like they've got this mix of chemistry youth uh you know they're they're big boys and and their defense that makes them a tough team that can go up against anybody um charlotte maybe you could throw in there or the raptors but like i I think i think i think really those six teams that are at the top right now are I can see any one of them coming out um, at the moment. I don't know, but I want to say Philadelphia, I can't see coming out right now, but I know they're probably going to end up trading for Harden. It's yeah, like, if, if, but they, not, even with, if no, Joel Embiid is playing as good as he is, the Sixers can win any basketball game that they play. So that's the key. And that's why any of the, that's why 
if they didn't have Joel Embiid and let's say they, I mean, who's a good offensive center? Like, a, let's say Nikola Vucevic. I mean, it's hard to really compare, but like a, a worse Joel Embiid, like they wouldn't be coming out. But we, the way he's playing and as sensational as he is, he can win any basketball yeah. game for them. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I'm just happy there was parity again in the NBA finally after 9, 10, 15 years even. Of I don't mind the LeBron years in Cleveland. No, like. of course. <laughs> well, you know I'm a big LeBron guy. I'm, you know, I'm a big LeBron guy. But I, I'm speaking more so about the Golden State Warriors, I yeah. think. I think because – Ugh, God, it was it sucked watching them dominate every year, but uh, I'm glad the Nets imploded. I gotta say, especially since it benefited my team, but I'm glad they imploded. Then their whole organization, I don't know. It's just like it feels super artificial, and like there doesn't really feel like a lot of love. Like no one really cares about them, and they feel sort of like this this like modern team almost that's like trying to come in, and they don't really have like an established fan base at all, and like nobody cares about them in Brooklyn because they moved from New Jersey, and it's like. No one wants to see you win. You have no fans. It's like watching Los Angeles Chargers try to win a game. Like you don't have any fans. No one like no one wants to see you win. Yeah, it's crazy. Chargers, yeah. I mean, it's funny because you have the Chargers who uh, you know, they have no fans, but I seem like the Raiders who moved and man, that's a tough place to play all of a sudden. And that's a <laughs> we're just going all over the place at the end of this episode. But um, <laughs> um Listen, yeah, I mean I, 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 we got some good NBA talk in here. I mean, I think we did. Uh, and we'll we'll talk next week. Um, maybe we'll post something if there's a lot of action. If there's some big, some truly big moves, we'll probably film something separate and post it on OTA Clips, our second channel. Um, so just be on the look for that. I mean, if James Harden really does get traded, we did a, a James Harden video to the Nets last year on there. Now it'll be a James Harden the 76ers video up uh, this year. But I, I just seem to see uh, some sort of separate content for that because I think on the main channel, we're really going to go into the NFL. Um, I mean, there's whole, the NFL has got a whole lot of stuff going on. The Brian Flores lawsuit. We didn't even, I mean, that's, uh, we didn't we're not going to touch that. that, but what a crazy time it is in the NFL. Um, the Washington commanders too. They changed their team name. Got some pretty cool uniforms. I'll, I'll be honest. The, uh, the name, I, I don't hate the name. I'll be honest. I think it's fine. Uh, I, I've worked up to it a little bit, but it's very like XFL to me. Very arena football. Yeah. I get that. So, you know, with that, um, you know, I hope by this time next week, the, the MLB has made progress. I, I'm kind of sick of this as, you know, we're really as much football as we love. Uh, I'd say both of our true passions are honestly baseball. I think that's like our, maybe not for you, but at least for me, I know, you know, I think baseball is something that we need just, we need this lockout to end for sure. Yeah. I, mean, this I want to see, like, I want to see some deals. I mean, it's, it's going to be very, I think the whole market is going to be sensational to watch post lockout because I think it's going to be a total just race to get signed. I think, I think some players are going to lose out on some, like I cannot see Carlos Craig at 36 plus million dollars a season. I just don't see it happening. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, like you said, I just, it's going to be, you know, your phone getting blown up every 20 seconds. It's going to be, you know, you just want to. No, it's going to be quick because these players, no, it's yeah. going to be right. Exactly. Training, we, so. just wanna, we just want to, we just, we just want we just want you know our major league baseball back. We want to see you know we want our Twitter feeds getting blown up with. I want to see stuff. Max Scherzer in a Mets jersey. Like I haven't even seen him. I don't know. Either. I don't know about that. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can agree on that one. But yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be weird to see, man. I mean, it's I'm not be, even. It's gonna be so weird. <laughs> He's tortured us for many years. But with that, um, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. Um, check us out on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. 
Um, follow us both on Instagram. The links to that will be in the description. And yeah, with that, thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next week for uh, the big Super Bowl episode. A lot of content next week. Very excited. Take it easy, guys.